0: Hello everyone, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, located in Bremen, Georgia. Stop by and see us sometime. Well, on today's broadcast, we're still in the series entitled, The Power of the Blood of Jesus. This is part number four. It is subtitled, The Great Divide. Did you know that there is controversy surrounding the communion of the Lord? That there are people in church that actually cringe at the sight of the communion table. They think that they are not worthy to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ because of things that they have done in their lives. But what they don't know was that the Lord's body was broken for them and that his blood was shed for their forgiveness. The blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus was given for you and for me. So that we could be made right in the sight of God Almighty Praise the Lord We had a great time today And I want you to hear the entire message But before we go into the message Make sure that you connect with us Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org And you can hear today's message And hear the entire series entitled The Power of the Blood of Jesus Also on the website you can watch videos And see so much more we look forward to hearing from you. All right, without any further ado, here comes the power of the blood of Jesus, part number four, subtitled, The Great Divide, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand of praise, amen, we're ready, the curtains are open. In the name of the Lord. Well, as you know, we've been in a series for the last few weeks, um, about a month or so, uh, as we've been ministering, as the Spirit of the Lord has been ministering about the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus. Say, the blood of Jesus. blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the most powerful substance ever known in the natural or in the spirit realm or in any dimension. The blood of Jesus Christ is the most powerful substance ever known it is stronger than any um, atomic bomb stronger than any uh, nuclear bomb or anything else or any other big bang theory it is the blood of jesus that brings life and hope into any situation it brings cleansing it brings deliverance and through the blood of jesus we have remission of sins help me pray father we thank you in jesus name for this day this opportunity that you have created to take place lord we ask that you would just simply just take over take control and say all that you have planned and desired to say today we thank you lord for your mercy and grace in jesus name let of our hearts amen you can turn your bibles with me to the book of first corinthians 11 chapter first corinthians 11 we will uh start there today on last week we talked or we ministered from the subject of um, Supper for Two as we ministered about the power of the communion. Now today we're going to go right back and speaking. uh, The Lord's going to tell us some more about communion so that you can get the benefits, get the full benefits from communion. You're going to see today that there has been controversy or there has been Division, or there's been an uprising or heresies uh, that has surrounded the communion. The enemy has set up, um, as you would say, set up barbed wire fencing around the body and blood of Jesus Christ in many of our churches, as it is here in the book of 1 Corinthians, to prevent those, to prevent the true worshipers from receiving the benefits of that are in communion. And I pray that today that before you leave this place, you'll have a greater appreciation for what Jesus Christ has done for you with his body, what he has done for you with his blood. Uh, if you have that appreciation, if you have that understanding, then you'll be able to glean from what the Lord has fully provided for you as written here in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. Now, I'm going to read to you verse 17. Lord, help us all the way down until we get finished. This is 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verse 17. When you get that, say amen. amen. I'll be reading this to you out of the King James Version. And, and as is our custom, once we finish reading through this, We're going to go back and just glean from the word of God. So I pray you have a few moments uh, to receive what the Lord has to say to you today. The Bible says in verse 17, Now in this I I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it there for, for there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you when ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the lord's supper, for in eating every one taketh before another uh, his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken what? Have ye not houses to eat and drink in, or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, Ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And if uh, we would judge ourselves, rather, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Verse Now, verse 32, it is very key. Let me read 32 once again. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when ye come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat where? At home. That ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. All right. Now, there is just so much here that I have to give you. I'm not sure if it will take today and the next two weeks. I'm not sure, but we're going to have to get into uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 11 chapter as it relates to the communion. First of all, we need to look at the atmosphere or the setting. Because Paul, the Lord is using Paul to give some very strong words. He says in verse 27, whosoever eats the, the body, uh, the, the bread and the, the cup or partakes of it unworthily uh, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Now, that's some pretty strong language, isn't it? Verse 29 says, if you eat and drink, uh, if you eat, un, eat and drink unworthily, um, you are eating and drinking damnation to yourself. That's pretty strong language isn't it pretty strong language now we have to understand who Paul is talking to he's not talking to the world to the drunk man on the street or whoever on the street he's talking to the Corinthian church isn't he and every church whether you want to believe it or not is made up of sheep and goats right right made up of God's people and the other people, the devil's people, okay? Jesus chose 12, and one of those was the devil, okay? But what we have here in the Corinthian church was that Paul was, the Lord was writing to them through the apostle Paul, writing to a people really that were fleshly, that were carnal, uh, and, and those people that were also ignorant of spiritual truth. They were ignorant of spiritual truth. Some knew full well what they were doing and others just did not know. And so the father sends them a warning. Telling them that uh, a warning or he sends them a rebuke, a word of correction. Letting them know what their actions are causing so that they may turn. Now, when you see in verse 27... In verse 29, when you see words like guilty of the body and blood of the Lord or 29, uh, you can eat and drink damnation to yourself. Those two phrases have kept a lot of people from partaking of communion because they have not understood what was said. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of us would go into church over the years And when it's time for communion, some people would leave. Because they say, well, I'm not worthy. Or, I'm not right. I can't take it. Why? Because they look at verse number 28. that says, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. We begin to examine and think, oh, God, I got all this in me. I'm not worthy to partake of the Lord's Supper. I've been wrong this week. Uh, I did something last night. I did something last week. I still have this itch, this craving for something that is wrong, so I can't partake of it. Or how many of those that have been in church that have felt that they were right with God have felt that they were right saw someone else come up to the altar and partake of communion and go hmm you gonna drop dead amen, 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 amen. are you hearing what i'm saying to you yes, 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 okay. so there has been this big bob wire fence all around and the current thought is the the current in many places is really a pharisaical fault or pharisaical notion Or a legalistic notion is that I have to be right before I can partake of the body and blood of Jesus this is the same thought that keeps a lot of people like we said from the communion table it's the same thought that keeps people from the church doors I have to be right before I can receive of the body and blood or before I can receive of the lord before i can come into his house i have to be right and this thinking keeps people on a treadmill because no matter how much you try to do right wrong is still around the corner and this gets people in thinking of streaks you know streaks i've i've gone three days now and i haven't done that certain thing i've gone a month now and i haven't done that certain thing and if we're streak minded that will that will begin to well up in us a form of spiritual pride now you think that you are good enough because you haven't done that and the bible declares that your own righteousness is as a filthy rag and is a stench in the nostrils of god So, as we come back with this thought, I cannot receive the communion. I've examined myself and I know what's in me. I can't partake of the Lord's body and blood because of what I have done. Uh, There's so much wrong on the inside of me, so I'll just stay here or I'll just leave when it comes time to receive the communion. Because I know if I if I come up there and get it, there may be some curse on me. God's going to damn my soul to hell. He's going to condemn me. Now let me take a moment to think about that thought. Hmm. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus died a horrible death. So that I could have life. Hmm. So you mean to tell me the same God that paid such a horrible price to save me. Now that I've given him my life, I mess up and now he's going to kill me. Are you hearing the false? You hearing the thinking here? Now he's saying, well, if you do this, if you do this, that one thing there, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to put you in a bad place. That's not what the Lord is saying Why would he give you something to observe That he knew would cause his people To lose their salvation Are you hearing what's being said today But let's go back to the first thought As we are saying Bob wires around the communion And some will say I can't get it I can't take it because I have this And others will say "Hmm, I can take it Because I haven't done that Both of those thoughts are steeped or grounded in law, in legalism, and have nothing to do with the grace of Jesus Christ. If the man says, I can't take it because I've been so bad, he's not looking at the price that Jesus paid on the cross to provide righteousness for him. Or if the man or the woman says, I'll take it because, hey, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. And I pay my tithes. I come to church. Here again, their confession also is without grace, is without God. It has nothing to do with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Do you understand what we're saying today? So what you see here as the Lord talks about examination He's not saying, now Now it's alright, we say, well let me just make sure that nothing, Lord I'm going to confess all my sin before you so that I may partake. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's a more excellent way. What he's saying when he says examine yourself is that examine or take note of your need for him. Before you come to his table, remember why he gave his body and blood in the first place. He gave his body and blood for you because you couldn't be right all by yourself. You couldn't keep doing right all by yourself. He knew that we were guilty, guilty as sin. And he knew that he had to come down and take our place, take our punishment so that we could have a right to the tree of life. Hallelujah. He was judged so that we would not be judged. He paid the price so that we wouldn't have to pay the price. He shed his blood for our forgiveness and remission of sins. So the Lord says, examine yourself. Why are you coming to the table? Are you coming to the table because you're so good and, and you want to let everybody else know, well, hey, I'm the first one in line. I can take it, you big devil. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Are you hearing? That's a pharisaical doctrine and not to be observed in the communion or anywhere around the church of grace. Or oh, we are not to say I can't take it because I've done so bad. Don't you know that Jesus gave his life for the ungodly? In due time, Christ died for the sinner. The Pharisees would, would condemn Jesus and say, Doesn't he know who she is? Doesn't he know it? Why does your master, asking the disciples, Why does your master eat with the sinners, Eat with the publicans and the sinners? Why does he do that? Because he knows that he has their answer. And he still has their answer. And when we partake of the body and blood of Jesus Christ, it's all about grace. Are you hearing me? Because you will never be good enough in yourself to say that you're worthy in yourself to receive Jesus. Are you hearing? So these are misnomers that are within the the house of God. Now, so, let's go back to the climate. Well, before we go to climate, let me show you some benefits. Now, the benefits of receiving communion, we talked a little bit about them last week, but here are some more I want to give you straight out of uh, 1 Corinthians 11 chapter. The benefits for receiving communion really are about four different things that he mentioned here. Because there are about four different things that happen in, in this church uh, that happened in a bad way Because they did not receive uh, The benefits of a communion Okay Four different things Let me get them to you very quickly Number one the Bible says Because they didn't receive The benefits of communion here They were weak They were sick And they died prematurely they Died premature deaths Now The communion did not make them Weak The communion did not make them sickly it did not make them die prematurely but understand the presence of God the blood of Jesus would shield them from these things that are already here if someone says I was wrong and I partake communion this is why I'm weak this is why I'm sick this is why I'm dying prematurely so it must be from the communion no the man that does not have Christ is weak There are plenty of people that are weak out there without Jesus. There are plenty of people that are sick without Jesus. There are plenty of people that are dying deaths, that are dying without Jesus. No, the communion, the Lord gave the communion. If we discern it, hallelujah, we discern the communion. We'll talk about that. uh, Praise the Lord. If we discern it, the positive side comes to play. What is the positive side? That we'll be strong instead of weak. We're strong instead instead of uh, sickly we'll have divine health instead of dying prematurely or dying our life will be extended even on into eternal life as we partake of the body and blood of Jesus Christ and we're actually meant to be better when we come together we should leave for the better but when they came together Paul said it was not for the better But as we discern the body and blood of Jesus Christ, it will be for the better. We will be made better. So the Lord gave his body and blood for us to be strengthened, for us to have divine health, for us to have our life extended, long life, even over into eternity. Are you hearing? Receiving of the Lord's body and blood or receiving of Jesus Christ has nothing to do with your righteousness. Has nothing to do with how good you have been. Jesus paid the price himself. He transferred his righteousness to you. When you believe in what he did, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, his righteousness is accredited to your account. You did nothing to earn that righteousness. God gave it to you as a gift. And so, what we need to see now that God has given this, He's allowed, uh, or rather, the Lord Jesus made this or put this together for us to give us those spiritual blessings and those physical blessings. Are you hearing? Now, let's go back just for a moment and talk about the climate because paul is writing to this church and he knows what's going on here he knows that when the people are coming into the house of god it's not to eat the lord's supper as a matter of fact let me go ahead and uh read i want to read this to you out of the new living translation and out of verses 20 through 22 uh out of the new living translation and out of also the message bible i love the way they both read this will help us see the climate as to what's happening here. Are you, are you with me? Yes. Verse 20 says, When you meet together, you are not... This is out of the New Living Translation. When you meet together, you are not really interested in the Lord's Supper. For some of you uh, hurry to eat your own meal without sharing with others. As a result, some go hungry while others get drunk. What? What? Don't you have your own homes to uh, homes for eating and drinking? Or do you really want to disgrace God's church and shame the poor? What I, what am I supposed to say? Do you want me to praise you? Well, I certainly will not praise you for this. That's the climate. See the church. Look into it. See the church. See them coming together. And somebody's pigging out and somebody else getting drunk. And they say they're taking Lord's communion. Paul said, Shall I praise you in this? In other words, the church was saying, Hey, Paul, hey, hey, man, we are observing the Lord's Supper. We observe it all the time. He said, What? Shall I praise you for what you were doing there? Let me show you uh, the message. Let me read to you the message Bible. And uh, this is verses 20. Here again, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 20 through 22. It says this, and then I find that you bring your divisions to worship. You come together and instead of eating the Lord's Supper, you bring in a lot of food from the outside and make pigs of yourselves. Some are left out and go home hungry. Others have to be carried out too drunk to walk. I can't believe it. Don't you have your own houses to eat and drink in? Why would you stoop to desecrating God's church? Why would you actually shame God's poor? I never would have believed you would stoop to this. And I'm not going to stand by and say nothing. Here's the climate. They're coming together. We're going to have the Lord's Supper today. It wasn't the Lord's Supper, it was theirs. Are you hearing? Now prior to this, Paul said here that there are divisions among you. So there are people, not only are they getting drunk and just pigging out, some folks are so full and some folks are just as hungry stomach grumbling and they go home uh, because you know the poor probably the ones that were more wealthy brought food with them and they ate it hurry up and ate it so that the poor people couldn't get it oh I'm sorry maybe next time if you come a little bit earlier you can get some then other people were getting drunk off of the wine what in the world and then he says that there are divisions in the church one person talking about that person be quiet she's coming You know, another person talking about that person. There were heresies and factions and divisions all in that church. So I wonder why the Lord sends Paul with strong language. Y'all don't know what you're doing down there. Don't you know that that is not the way to observe the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So here was this word of rebuke, this stern word of rebuke that the Lord sends down. Into uh, the Corinthian church because things were just flat out out of order. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Are you hearing? So, when the Bible says here, let's look in, in verse number 27. He says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, say unworthily, say it again, say it again, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Look at verse 29. For he that eateth and drinketh what? Unworthily. Say unworthily. Unworthily. Uh, Eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discern the Lord's body. Now, the question would be, what does it mean to eat and drink the body of the Lord unworthily? Well, he just mentioned it. Did you come to church today to talk about people? Did you come to church today to get drunk on the communion wine? Did you come to church today to get filled up with crackers? Are you hearing what's being said? When we come to the Lord's table, are we discerning Jesus? See, this this is why we say... Every time you take communion, and especially in different places, they say, hold on a second, we're going to all go together. And they observe this is the body of Jesus broken for you. This is the blood of Jesus. Are you hearing? Doing that helps us to discern the Lord, helps us to see uh, this as him. Are you hearing? We're not just sitting food out in a buffet line saying, come on and get the body and blood of the Lord. This is helping us discern who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Are you hearing? All right. So we're not in danger of eating the body and blood of the Lord Jesus unworthily as it relates to that. None of us are coming today to get drunk. None of us are coming today uh, to pig out. But we can eat and drink of the body of the Lord unworthily when we come to the table in our own righteousness. Now, the Bible says that there were heresies here, and it says that there were divisions. Heresies means that someone uh, had, uh, were dividing the truth. Someone had just maybe gone over just a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right outside of the truth of God's word. Some were saying, now you have to see how this possibly began in the church, because Paul, someone had told them about the communion, I'm sure, in the first place. How did they do that? Well, the Lord Jesus set it up with the disciples and told the disciples, do this in remembrance of me. And the disciples became apostles and the the apostles went out and they began churches. Hallelujah. So someone, one of the apostles or maybe Jesus himself told Paul, this is the order for the church. So Paul goes to the Goes to, Corinthian, uh, to Corinth, and he begins to preach out, as we say, preach a church out, and people are coming. And he begins to instruct them in the communion and how to have service, so to speak. He places a pastor over that church and elders, and then he goes on to the next place. While he's over at the next place, the Holy Spirit speaks to him about what's happening now in the Corinthian church. Hey, they got off. They stopped doing what was said in regards to the communion. So he sends a letter back to the church. Can you imagine the pastor opening it up and reading it? Oh, my God. The Holy Ghost is reading our male church. He opens it up. He reads and then he tells it to the church. This is what God is saying. Can you imagine the expressions on the people's faces? As God just reads their mail, quite literally, this is what's been happening. Well, how in the world would Paul know that? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit telling him what to write to that church. Are you hearing? So, again, we're not, may not be guilty in doing that and coming to get drunk and coming to pig out. But here again, we can eat and drink unworthily if we're coming in our own righteousness. If you're saying, well, I know I can take this because I've been so good. If you come not discerning your need for him, I need the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that was broken for me. I'm thankful that his body was broken for me. I need his blood shed for me for the remission of my sins so that I can have forgiveness of sins. I need this. I discern my need for it. Are you hearing? Now let me tell you some things as we close. Now the Bible says here in verse number, verse number twenty-seven. Wherefore, uh, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Guilty. Now what does that mean? You'll be guilty. Of the body and blood of the Lord. If you partake of this, now understand that there were some people in the church that were real, that were saved and born again, that were sheep, and for some there were wolves in sheep's clothing. <clears throat> Nonetheless, the warning goes out over the congregation. He says, Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Guilty. Think about the word guilty as it relates to uh, the legal system. Guilty. If someone is found guilty, that means that they have been charged, that they have been tried, and they have been found guilty. Imagine a person now sitting in a cell, guilty, guilty. People told him guilty, guilty, guilty. Guilty of what? Guilty of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Well, what does that mean? The body and blood of Jesus Christ understands something that in, especially in the Old Testament, when there was a shedding of blood, especially innocent blood, uh, as it relates really to tribes, to their tribes or, or to their kin. If someone shed innocent blood and they were related to you, you were duty bound to go and extract blood from them. This is why they had what was called cities of refuge. If you spilled someone's blood, if some, if you killed someone accidentally, you could run to a city of refuge and be safe from the wrath of their family or from the other kin people because blood must be shed for blood. You understand? Somebody's got to pay for my family member being murdered. And so if the person was innocent, they could run to that city of refuge and they don't have to worry about that person that's coming to get them because they're in the city of refuge. But if they were guilty, then the other person could come and kill them because of the innocent blood that was shed. You can see a good example of this again with Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain knew that Abel was innocent his blood cried out God banished him and Abel and rather Cain said uh, to God hey somebody's going to kill me because I have shed innocent blood somebody's going to kill me so God set upon Cain a mark he put a mark on his head that no one should kill Cain why because innocent blood was shed somebody's got to pay the price for this murder By the same token, Jesus Christ, an innocent man, was killed, rather was murdered. Rather, he he gave his life, but in the worldly sense, he was murdered. The, uh, The people there in Israel, the Jews, killed him, right? Now, of course, like I said, he gave his life. They didn't take it. He gave it. But in the sense of innocent blood was shed, somebody's got to pay for that body and blood. Are you hearing? So you get to choose which side you're on. Will you be on the side where we are covered by the blood of Jesus? Well, will, you be, will you be on the side where his body works for you? You can receive his body and blood. Or will you be on the side that is guilty of the body and blood of Jesus? If you look back at that day when Jesus was hanging on the cross, many said crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. They would be guilty of the body and the blood. We see this coming right back in the book of Acts, the second chapter, when Peter uh, and the apostles were standing and Peter was preaching and preaching and proclaiming the word of the Lord, proclaiming to the people, you killed the king of glory. You killed the Messiah, the son of God, and they knew it was true. They knew that there would be blood for blood. And so they cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? The wrath of God is coming. What shall we do? The Bible says they were pricked to their hearts. What shall we do? Because innocent blood was shed. So if we, the, 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 the word was, if you eat and drink of the blood unworthily, that is, you don't discern it as body and blood. That is, if you willfully just trample over it, you will be guilty of his death. Just like those guilty of his death, except they repent before God. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? But here again, now for the born again believer, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So the father's not saying if you are born again, he is not saying that I will condemn you and cast you out of my presence. No, actually, what's saying here is in verse number 32. He says, but when we are judged, this is the light of the born again believer. But when we are judged, we are chastised of the Lord, chastised of the Lord, Uh, chastised being rebuked or corrected. God will correct you. He's not gonna cast you, cast you out into outer darkness. He's going to correct you. Now his correction will be in three stages. If it is warranted. One, weak. Look at the progression. Someone doing, they're fine, but then they began to, um, began to mess over the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ or really just in their lives not not seeing the sacrifice of Jesus Christ they're going through their entire life trying to work on their own righteousness trying to do their own thing they're ignoring the sacrifice of Jesus they're ignoring him They're trying to work up their own salvation, trying to do it their own way. And that's basically what was happening here, because as we go back to the heresies, somebody said, well, we don't really need to do that. That's how this thing started. We don't really need to observe it that way. Let's do it this. Let's do it like this. Somebody said that, well, I'm okay like I am. We really I really don't need the body and blood of the Lord. I'm okay. I really don't need it. So as they begin to ignore the body and blood of Jesus, that was come to make them strong, that was made to give them divine health, that was meant to give them uh, extended life. As they began to reject that, uh, well, I'm okay. What happened? The opposite took place. They began to get weak. They began to get sickly. And the Lord had to take them out the body before they do something really wrong. It's the mercy of God that he pulled some of them out of their body, that they died prematurely before they really began to mess up. Are you understanding what's being said? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so the Lord says here that he gives us this, this meal, this covenant meal to celebrate really his life and to give you more of what you needed. But here again, the, uh, the, Damnation and the guilt for the born again believer comes in the way of chastisement. God will tell you, hey, this is wrong. You need to stop this. This is wrong. You need to stop this. No believer needs to be concerned about no born again believer. I'm not talking about church membership. No born again believer needs to be concerned about their salvation. Even as it relates to the partaking of communion or even eating unworthily. What will happen if you, if you do not examine yourself If you do not judge yourself Then the chastisement of the Lord comes And the Lord will tell you Like he told the Corinthian church in this letter This is wrong, get this right And if we refuse to get it right We'll lose strength and become weak we we'll lose his health and become sickly And in extreme cases We'll die prematurely So I pray you've heard the word of God today, that you receive that word and that you understand it. Give God a hand of praise. We're done. I'm done. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.